Welcome to My Health and Safety, the podcast designed to bridge the gap between your personal and workplace wellness. I'm Tamara Misevich-Healy, a passionate health and safety professional who strives to help create a happier and healthier world. Workplace health and safety is simply a continuation of our personal health and safety, but we often feel powerless at work. You know, where we currently spend over a third of our life, Although it may feel hopeless to integrate the two, I'm here to challenge that it's very much within reach and is absolutely necessary for our long-term well-being. Now, let's learn how to take things from powerless to powerful. Hello, and welcome back to the My Health and Safety podcast. I'm Tamara Masevichili, but you may call me Tammy. This is part two of a two-part episode. So if you didn't listen to my explanation of human needs part one, then I recommend stopping this episode right now and listening to part one first. Why? Because today's discussion is going to build upon the foundation we laid last week. So to get the most out of today's episode and to understand some of the content I'll be referencing, it's important to listen through part one. All right. Now, if you listen to part one and you're back for more, then prepare yourself because in this episode, we're going to explore how my interpretation of Abraham Maslow's theory applies to our occupation. I want to know that the great resignation has occurred prior to this episode being aired, so it is in no way my fault. (laughs) I also want to reiterate for any new listeners that I am not a medical doctor or a psychiatrist, but a health and safety professional who is extremely passionate about life and human well-being. And this is my personal and professional interpretation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs theory and how it applies to our life, and the role our career plays in fulfilling these needs. Now, let's get going. I'm actually going to start this episode by reviewing the eight takeaway points from our last episode, just to refresh our minds on what we discussed and where we left off. One, according to Abraham Maslow, human beings are motivated by a hierarchy of needs. Two, Maslow's five needs start with physiological, then safety, belongingness and love, esteem, and self-actualization. I, or Tamara, expanded on and switched out physiological needs for survival needs and safety needs for security needs. There is no right or wrong here, just what feels right to you when interpreting this. Three, Needs are arranged in a hierarchy of motivation in which the more basic needs must be more or less met prior to higher needs. I, or Tamara, expanded on this idea by proclaiming we all have a designated minimum needs fulfillment requirement for each need. And this is going to look vastly different from person to person and over time within a person's life further clarifying that this minimum must be met in order to progress our motivation to the next need in the hierarchy. Four, every person is capable and has the desire to move up the hierarchy towards self-actualization. Five, the journey of fulfilling our needs is similar to the one fulfilling our happiness and that it is not always unidirectional. 
but more closely associated with a roller coaster ride. Six, I, Tamara, then shared the My Personal Hierarchy of Needs assessment tool I created to map out our personal minimum requirements for each need and our current state in fulfilling each. Seven, related to the assessment, the distance your current state fulfillment is from your minimum requirement determines how satisfied and happy or unsatisfied and unhappy you are and feeling regards to that need. Eight, lastly, the better we get at understanding our needs, what we require from them, and how to fulfill them, the faster and easier time we can have in rebounding after our needs take a hit. Understanding yourself is powerful for living a full and happy life. Whew! All right, we have some great thought-provoking content there, and I really hope you were all able to take some time and work through the assessment tool that I provided you with, and just start to get a feel for your unique needs at this point in time in your life, and where they're at and being fulfilled, and perhaps where you may need to dedicate some more time in your life. Now, we can't really discuss our human needs and our journey of fulfilling them without exploring the impact our career and workplace has on them. So let's just jump right back into the hierarchy of needs pyramid and consider our work's role in fulfilling each. At the base, we have what Maslow proposed as physiological needs, or what I expanded on as survival needs. Survival needs include our biological requirements for human survival, such as air, food, drink, shelter, clothing, warmth, sleep, as well as being free from high-risk safety threats, which would impact our survival or our perception of survival. So, do we think our job plays a role in fulfilling our survival needs? It sure does. (laughs) Did my screen just show there? All right. Being an adult, In America, your job is probably the largest factor for meeting your survival needs. And that's generally because that's how most of us make our money to survive. And this is the lens this particular discussion is going to assess this through today. A typical American adult. Because this conversation gets more complicated based on different countries with their different social structures and government involvement and would be way too much for us to look at today. This assessment would also look different for children since their needs are dependent on the life and family situation they were born into. So once again, we are reviewing these needs and the role of our career from sort of an average American adult standpoint. However, there is a lot to learn here and apply to your unique situation, no matter your age or location. All right. So yes, our job is going to make a huge difference in our ability to fulfill our survival needs. Now, remember, we all have a different minimum requirement to feel this need is met. But basically, can you afford food for yourself or your family? Can you afford a place to live and all of the bills? Can you afford an emergency hospital visit? It is unsettling how many people are working full-time jobs and cannot confidently say yes to these questions. 
This has nothing to do with effort, but ever-rising costs with lagging wages, inadequate benefits, and broken systems. People are struggling to survive. That is not only terrible for that individual and the family they may be trying to support, but for our entire society. If we cannot even confidently meet our survival needs, our most basic human needs, we're going to have a very unhealthy society, no matter your unique personal situation. So yes, our job is critical to meeting our survival needs. Let's continue to move up the hierarchy now to our security needs, as I refer to them. This is the need to experience order, predictability, and control in our lives. This need can be fulfilled by family and society. Examples of these security needs are emotional security, financial security, law and order, freedom from fear, social stability, property, and health and well-being. So how does our work specifically impact our security needs? First and most obvious would be in terms of financial security. Not only do we have to ask if we're making enough money to survive, but are we making enough money to feel financially secure? Remember, these requirements will be perceived differently by each person. Financial security is also impacted by other factors, such as our financial literacy and personal spending. At the start of 2022, 64% of the U.S. population was living paycheck to paycheck, up from 61% in December and just shy of the high of 65% back in 2020, according to a Lending Club report, which I've linked in the show notes. 64% of the U.S. population is living paycheck to paycheck. That's a vulnerable place to be, yet that's how the majority of us are living. Now, some people may feel secure with that because they're making it work in the moment, and perhaps that's all they've ever known. But what happens when your car's engine blows or you're... Um, or you need a new roof on your house. How do you pay and recover from these inevitable large expenses that will arise? A lot of people don't. They put it on credit cards or make payments, which reduce their ability to use that money elsewhere. And it simply piles onto those other accrued large expenses that have yet we have yet to pay off, eventually destroying their financial security and leaving them trying to survive. And this is the importance of ensuring a living wage and financial literacy among society. In all 20 plus years of education I've had, I've never had a class based around financial literacy. I'm sure I could have paid for some at one of my universities, but they were never a part of my curriculum. Every American is required to pay taxes, will most likely take out a loan or have a credit card at one point in their life, and will definitely need to manage money to survive. Yet this isn't a part of our education growing up. I'm sure there are some schools that include it in the curriculum, but there are still too many that don't. And what an unfortunate opportunity to positively impact our society. 
How does such a critical topic relevant to every individual not make it into the education system? That would have to be a question for another day and for someone else who may be able to actually answer it for us. Other means of financial security our workplaces may or may not provide us with include company-matched retirement plans, company buy-in opportunities, life insurance policies, paid vacation and sick time, etc. Another big financial security consideration is parental leave. Will I be financially secure enough to spend some time with my newborn baby? Will my job allow me to even do so? Or will I lose my job if I want to take time off? Just theoretically asking these questions makes me nauseous as a mother. Besides the financial security aspect to parental leave is the family security consideration. No mom should have to struggle with with where she needs more, where she is needed more. Personally caring for her baby or financially providing for her baby. And dad should be there for the support, love, and welcoming of their new child as well. According to an article by McKinsey and Company, link provided in the show notes, recent research indicates that paternity leave is associated with greater relationship stability. Studies also show that a father's increased involvement in baby care can mitigate maternal postpartum depression outcomes. This study showed that a lack of paternal involvement was a significant predictor in the intensity of depressive symptoms. So having a job that not only provides financial security during all chapters of life, but also an understanding and compassion towards the importance of family security, especially during life-changing moments such as birth, sickness, and death, is so important to human well-being. In fact, more flexibility and control over our work life is one of the leading qualities job seekers are looking for right now. The pandemic has challenged us mentally and physically, and many of us had to adapt to be there more for our family while still providing for them financially through a job. People have seen that there is no clear balance between work and life, but there could be flexibility. And that is what so many want more of right now. When we go to work, we, we are still humans with lives and needs. If we're working and our toddler's daycare gets shut down until further notice, that has to be dealt with. Our personal responsibilities don't disappear during working hours. Just as our work responsibilities don't just disappear when things pop up in our lives. So we need to find flexibility to make it all work. And this is going to look different person to person and over time within our lives, depending on our current needs. Because there are going to be times when we can work extra long hours with little flexibility. And then there are going to be years we do not have as much time and flexibility because of other situations going on. And this is just the reality of life and being human. Another security need our job impacts would be our 
health and safety. Your job can impact your health and safety directly in terms of the hazards they expose you to and how well they control for the hazards for your well-being. But they also determine your health and safety indirectly. Do they offer health insurance? What sort of medical insurance policy do they offer? Does it cover my family? Does that insurance cover my doctor, my prescriptions, my personal medical needs? Can I buy into a dental insurance plan? How about a vision plan? Can I even afford to use the health insurance I have and pay into monthly because of deductibles or other factors? These are very real questions that have very real consequences. And we will explore the direct and indirect impact our workplaces have on our health and safety much further in future episodes. Other forms of security that are impacted by our work is emotional security, freedom from fear, law and order. Are we being constantly bullied by a manager or coworker? Are we being sexually harassed and made to feel uncomfortable or unsafe? And does our workplace even care when we raise these concerns to them? Moving on from security, the next level in the hierarchy of needs is love and belongingness. And this is an interesting one because some people may argue that love and belongingness doesn't matter at work and that it's more appropriate to be addressed outside of work with our own personal friends and family. However, during the week, we generally spend more waking time with the people at work than any friends or family, including our spouse and kids, which is a lot of time to just lack connection. Healthy, productive work is all about relationships and strong communication and collaboration skills within them. No organization is one person. Even single sole proprietor businesses require communication and collaboration with other humans to create, market, and sell their product or service. So let's define what the love and belongingness need looks like again. This need is social and involves feelings of belongingness. Belongingness refers to a human emotional need for interpersonal relationships affiliating, connectedness, and being part of a group. So although your interpersonal relationships are going to be different with your manager and coworkers um, from those you have with your close friends and family, it is still a relationship that can bring us a sense of comfort, support, belongingness, acceptance, pride, and joy. Having toxic relationships or leadership at work is a leading reason why employees quit. If an employee feels they can meet their survival and security needs elsewhere, while also having a better chance at fulfilling their love and belongingness needs, they're going to go. Some of the most important professional relationship qualities employees look for include trust and respect, honesty, fairness, empathy and understanding, support, authenticity, recognition, and open-mindedness. Although our love and belongingness at work may look different than at home, those relationships are still critical to our overall well-being. Next, we have our esteem needs. Our esteem needs include self-worth, accomplishment, and respect. Maslow classified esteem needs into two categories, 
One, esteem for oneself with dignity, achievement, mastery, independence. And two, the desire for reputation or respect from others, which would include things like status and prestige. Our career may be the number one source for fulfilling our esteem needs as an adult. However, it's so important to remind ourselves that our identity and self-worth is so much larger than our job or career. But yes, it is a part of us. And if we're putting in the continuous time and effort to progress, grow, achieve, and master, then we should feel darn proud of ourselves. And it's important to make sure we recognize and remind others around us who are doing the same that we are also proud of them and their progress and commitment. Organizations need to make sure they are offering this recognition and encouragement. Nothing kills the spirit more than putting in hard work for an employer who never recognizes or appreciates you for it. Finally, we have the highest level of the hierarchy, our self-actualization need. Self-actualization refers to the realization of a person's potential, self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth, and peak experiences. Maslow described this level as the desire to accomplish everything that one can, to become the most that one can be. I like to think of it as the place where you finally find yourself, where this alignment occurs that feels so right and perhaps best described as falling in line with your destiny. As we mentioned in the last episode, it's a continuous process of becoming rather than a static state that can be reached and stayed in. We also previously mentioned that unlike the other stages where Maslow states motivation generally decreases as the need is met, Maslow considers self-actualization a growth need, and motivation actually increases as the need is met, making becoming our most fulfilled self addicting. We stress that in self-actualization, a person comes to find a meaning to life that is uniquely important to them. For some people, self-actualization can be achieved through creating works of art, music, or literature. For others, through being a great mother or father, great at sport, great in business, um, or great in academia. This is going to be incredibly unique to each individual based on the culmination of who they are, and all of their life experiences. One may find self-actualization needs being fulfilled through work, through a hobby, through volunteering, or through relationships. So does our career impact self-actualization? Most likely. I have this theory that more people today than ever are trying to align their self-actualization needs through their work. Work being defined as the way they make their money. We were a generation raised by parents, school systems, and entertainment that constantly stressed to follow your dreams. You can be anything you want when you grow up. What are you passionate about? Find your purpose. We spent so much of our life defining these answers and linking it to our career. So, Is it really any surprise that our career matters a lot to us? Is it really that strange that people are landing jobs that cover their minimal survival and security needs, but still feel unfulfilled when it comes to work? 
Sort of like we never found the magic we were told to chase our entire lives. People don't want to feel like they're dedicating a third of their life to simply bring home a paycheck. Although, yes, we do need that. (laughs) They want that time to feel fulfilling for them. They want to grow, challenge themselves, be a part of something bigger that they can be excited and motivated towards. Time is one of the most precious things in life, and we strive to make the most of it, whatever that may look like for us. All right, once again, that was a lot of information. And really, we only just skimmed the surface because these are some deep considerations. Now that we've reviewed all of the levels of human needs and how they're impacted by our career, we're going to finish up on why I believe the great resignation is occurring right now. (laughs) First, the great resignation describes the higher than normal quit rate of American workers that began in spring of 2021 and continued as vaccination eased the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. The unemployment rate decreased and job openings increased. Texas A&M University professor Anthony Klotz is credited by the Boston Globe with coining the term great resignation. Basically, there are more available jobs than employers can easily find employees to fill making it an employee market at the moment, allowing employees to shop around more and to try to better fulfill their needs they've been struggling to meet, such as higher salary, safer working conditions, better benefits, more flexibility, the option to work from home, better management, better treatment or recognition, or just looking for a fresh start or a higher purpose. A person's reason for change is going to depend on what human need they're trying to fulfill. And hopefully you have a clearer understanding of all of that now. For so long, companies had been focused primarily on their needs. What does the company need to succeed? And that's a valid question for any organization that needs to be understood. But Then they realized their customers' needs were integral to their company's success, and they expanded those questions to consider the consumer or client's needs in order to best serve them and, in the end, have a stronger, more successful company. To me, I hope we're expanding that even further now to ask, what do our employees need? And once again, answering this will not only benefit our workers, but our entire organization, which can flow over into our community and society. Oh, the possibilities. (laughs) And that's where we'll end today's discussion. Once again, we're not going to close today's episode with the power for guest questions since we didn't have a guest today. But if you'd like to hear the questions and my response to them, um, then you can go back and check out episode one. Final note I'd like to end this week with is our career impacts our human needs inside and outside of the workplace. But oftentimes we don't clearly know what we need or what we are really even looking for. I hope you can use the information and assessment from last week to understand your needs better 
and then reflect on the discussion today to assess how your job is aligning with you to fulfill them. Understanding your needs can allow you to better communicate them at work and explore what options there are moving forward together. That alone can create change towards better fulfillment and happiness in your work life. Or it may not. (laughs) And you may feel the need to leave in search of it. Either way, I wish you all more happiness and fulfillment than not in this life. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. All show notes and guest bios can be found on our website at myhealthandsafety.com. That's myhealthandsafety.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and had at least one damn that's good moment. You know, a moment in the discussion that just lit up those neurons in the brain. It may not be a whole new concept, but better clarity, visual, example, or tool to more effectively understand, communicate, or use on a concept. If you didn't have a damn that's good moment during this episode, well, then just damn. (laughs) Share your moments in the comments or on social media with us. We want to know what brings you the most value so we can strive to deliver more. If you enjoyed our content, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our channel. 